Hi, and welcome to Produce Talks, the CPMA podcast. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to check out elearning.cpma.ca. That's elearning.cpma.ca. There you can check out all the online learning resources that are available through the CPMA, including podcasts, online learning tools, and our upcoming webinars. This month on Produce Talks, in Canada, there are a number of programs that require companies to take responsibility for their part in creating consumer waste. This month on Produce Talk, we're touching base with Califarn, the Vice President, Steward Relations, at the Canadian Stewardship Services Alliance to discuss how the stewardship programs work. We're also touching base with Steve Rusdahl, Executive Director of Supply Chain for the Oppenheimer Group, to get the industry perspective on how industry needs to respond. Here we go. Good morning, Califarn speaking. Hi, Cala. It's Jason from CPMA. How are you? I'm well, Jason. How are you? Great. Okay, so Kala Farn, you're the vice president of the stewardship relations at of steward relations at the Canadian Stewardship Alliance. Uh, can we start off maybe me telling us a little bit about what the Canadian Stewardship Services Alliance is? Sure, CSSA was set up as a not for profit organization by a group of retailers and manufacturers in 2012. Now, our primary role is to help businesses meet their obligations for recycling the materials that they supply to consumers in provinces that have recycling regulations. So we currently support programs in four provinces, British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Ontario. I also think it's important to know that CSSA is 100% financed and governed by the businesses that participate in the recycling programs. Now, each program has slightly different criteria, including the portion that business pays. For example, business fully finances and operates the packaging and paper recycling program in BC. While in Ontario, municipalities operate their own individual recycling programs, and business currently pays 50% of the municipal costs. So basically, CSSA acts as a one-stop shop for companies to meet their obligations in all four provinces. And we also work with governments, collectors, recyclers, and other stakeholders to help increase recycling rates of packaging materials such as glass, metals, paper, and plastics. So, so you're in these four provinces. What about the other provinces? Another organization operates the program in Quebec. And uh, those are all of the packaging and paper um, recycling programs in Canada. Okay. Perfect. So, so let's talk about this whole definition of a steward and, and maybe it's because I grew up on Prince Edward Island. So when I think steward of the land, I kind of think, you know, the farmers taking care of, of the way that their fields are plowed and, <laughs> and making sure that, you know, they're not a lot of spray overdraft and stuff like that. So how does someone determine if they're a steward and if they are, what are their responsibilities? Okay, well, the exact criteria vary slightly across the programs, and also there are a number of exemptions based on things like annual revenue and the amount of materials supplied. But basically, the two main questions you have to answer to determine if you are a steward are, one, are you a resident of the province with the recycling program? And two, do you supply designated packaging and paper to consumers in that province? Now, if you answer yes to both of those questions, there's a good chance that you are a steward and have a legal obligation to register with the program, report, and pay fees for the material you supply to consumers. 
So you mentioned fees. So how, how are the fees determined? How are these fees set? Sure. So um, one of the things you mentioned there was, was fees. So I know that, you know, businesses are always concerned about another fee. So what makes this fee different and how, how is it determined? Well, fees are set on a cost recovery basis. So what that means is that first, we determine the cost of collecting and processing the various materials in a given program. Then we allocate those costs based on the amount of materials supplied to consumers to arrive at a fee rate for each type of material. And fee rates vary for each program and are set every fall. So for example, a Manitoba steward currently pays 24 cents for each kilogram of corrugated cardboard supplied to Manitoba consumers. And a steward in Ontario currently pays just less than 16 cents for each kilogram of PET bottle supplied to Ontario consumers. And by the way, we updated our fee setting methodology a couple of years ago for programs outside of Ontario, and the details are available on our CSSA website. So, so basically from what I understand is the fee is basically the cost to recycle the material that the company is putting into, into the system. That's right. It's the cost of collecting and processing the materials that they supply to consumers in that province with the recycling regulations. Now, it seems that there's a lot more talk about, about the stewardship programs. So I'm wondering, has, has it always been this way or is this kind of a change been happening lately? Is this the way it's always supposed to have been done? Well, each of the programs was, initi- was initiated by provincial regulation. So Stewardship Ontario's packaging and paper recycling program has been in place since 2004. Manitoba's, Manitoba's program was launched in 2010, BC's in 2014, and Saskatchewan's in 2016. So periodically changes are made to the scope of materials obligated by regulation. For example, last year, Saskatchewan introduced a deposit program for dairy containers, and that effectively removed them from the curbside collection program. And in Ontario, the government passed legislation in 2016 requiring the Blue Box program to transition to a program that is fully financed and operated by business. So that will be a big change as well. So it's constantly evolving. So companies do have to kind of be aware that if they're creating materials that are going into the consumer value chain, that they need to constantly monitor what changes are happening to the stewardship program in their region. Absolutely. And companies look at uh, all a number of factors in determining their packaging for consumers. And this is just one factor that they consider. Okay, so you mentioned that the Canadian Stewardship Services Alliance uh, is in BC, Nova Scotia, Ontario, and Manitoba. BC, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Ontario. Oh, sorry, BC, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Ontario. And then Quebec has their own program. Yes. So, what about recycling programs in the rest of Canada? Well, there are, all provinces have different programs and different ways of managing their, their solid waste resources. Uh, some are considering these programs, and there may be more in future. Others are run by municipalities and are paid for by taxpayers as part of their um, uh, municipal taxes. Perfect. Okay, so we, we're kind of covering off the jurisdictions, but who, who pays the fee and where do they pay it? Is it only kind of applicable in that final destination when it goes to the consumer? The fees 
is the fees apply to designated materials in each provincial program. So, for example, a BC steward will report on all materials they supply into BC, but they don't have to report or pay for materials sold in Alberta because Alberta, for example, does not have a regulated uh, program to require producers to assume responsibility for those costs. Um, So also in all four programs, materials supplied to institutional, commercial, and industrial, or ICNI consumers, are not in scope for our program. So stewards exclude ICNI material from their reports. Okay, so so is there some sort of coordination to make sure there aren't dual payments made at either multiple points in the supply chain or in multiple stewardship jurisdictions? Yeah, and that comes back to determining who is the obligated party for the consumer materials. So each year in February or March, CSSA posts comprehensive lists of the stewards that participate in each program. So first importers, who are primarily retailers or distributors, use the list to ensure that they are not unnecessarily assuming responsibility for registered stewards, and that helps avoid the risk of double reporting. Now, in addition, we review all steward reports to look for any signs of reporting errors or omissions. Okay, so so how how would this whole thing be be monitored and enforced? I think that's that's kind of a big piece that I I don't quite understand myself. Like, are, are these programs, the stewardship programs, are they actually going into wholesaler facilities and going, yep, that one, that one, that one, that one? Or, or how are they finding out who is bringing these materials into the consumer's hands? So, first of all, all reports submitted are reviewed for accuracy, and that helps to ensure that everyone pays their fair share. Uh, and it helps support accurate fee setting. Uh, to maintain a level playing field, we also have processes in place to identify businesses that have not registered with programs and who should be reporting and paying. Um, our team engages directly with stewards to resolve any reporting and payment issues. And if necessary, non-compliant companies can be escalated to provincial government authorities for enforcement. So, but how are they finding out which companies need to be stewards? Is it just strictly through voluntary registration or are they monitor? Is there some sort of monitoring of, of this um, products, these products. Yeah, there, there's constant monitoring of, um, you know, every time uh, a new company opens uh, doors in Canada, when there's mergers and acquisitions, we use databases of companies um, to continue to always look for companies that should be reporting and paying. So, so what should a company do if they're only kind of maybe they're listening to this podcast and going? holy smokes, I should have been a steward five years ago. What do they do? What's the first step that they have to do? And and how do they come into compliance? Well, the first thing the company should do is go to our We Recycle portal and create an account. Uh, the portal address is werecycle.cssalliance.ca. And after they create an account, our National Steward Services team will work with them to review their specific situation and determine whether they're obligated to register, report, and if necessary, pay fees. Okay. So is there any sort of company size limit on this as well? Or is it even if the company is small, as long as they're creating something that's going to be recycled, they, they have to participate in the program? 
every program has set uh, their own de minimis levels. Uh, so that's a level that if a company falls below a certain amount of revenue or falls below a certain amount of tonnage that they put into the marketplace, they will be exempt from the program and will not have to report and pay fees. Perfect. Thanks very much, Kala. Thanks, Jason. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And now it's time to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Nature Fresh Farms. Hello, everyone. It's Kara here from Nature Fresh Farms. If you're looking for easy ways to eat healthy during the summer months, opt for a simple salad with greenhouse-grown tomatoes, bell peppers, and cucumbers. It's easy to throw together a salad for any occasion, whether it's a family barbecue on the deck or a quick snack after time spent at the park. As you spend time outside and get active this summer, don't forget to add healthy eating to the mix. For salad inspiration, check out our website at naturefresh.ca slash recipes. And now back to the conversation. Steve speaking. Hey, Steve. It's Jason. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Jason? Good. When we use the term stewardship, I think most people have a vague idea that it means something to do with the environment and taking care of the land. I think people might think that it only applies to primary agriculture. What does stewardship mean to you in the context of your company and the rest of the supply chain? What role do you see um, each player taking relative to stewardship? Yeah, and stewardship is a there's a it's a newer view of of uh, product development where it used to be you develop products, you market it, you sold them, and as soon as they left your facility, that was the end of your responsibility. And and I think there's been a change with stewardship. It's more that responsibility to end of life. Um, product management. So business is taking an active role beyond that marketing distribution into what is that product going to end up as and taking responsibility for where it ends and ensuring it doesn't end up in landfill. In Canada, in in some of the provinces, stewardship includes a responsibility to offset the impact of packaging on the environment using the stewardship programs. Then there's fees associated with those based on product that's meant for recycling. So how does your part of the industry interact with the stewards program? And is this something that you require of other companies that you do business with as well? Yeah. So Oppenheimer is registered with Recycle BC. There are other programs uh, in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, and Quebec. With those, we don't hit the minimum requirements to do that reporting at this point. We do our annual reporting and uh, and pay our fees. That's one of the areas that, as far as Oppenheimer, right through from our growers through to distribution, uh, it's one of the services we provide. So we it's it's part of the full marketing agreement as we work with our, our growers. So we, it's just an area we take care of to ensure we've we've covered end of life. So when you talk about those annual reports, can you can you walk me through a little bit of like what the annual report would look like? Is like it just like a, just a base number? It's uh, it's a bit of a process, and it uh, the first few years was uh, a little challenging to get up to speed because the process we go through is look at the sales that we did uh, in the province for product that we were the uh, either product that we were the. Uh, importer of record or the, the the first importer of that product or for products that we took an original pack and put it into a pack that a consumer was going to receive so in those two if it was if we re- received this product from a grower that's in bc it's their responsibility as the ones who packed it to do their own reporting so and then once you've identified here's all the products that we were either the importer for or we packed and that they shipped into that province, so in this case, BC, 
We then have to take and look at what are all those different pack configurations. And for Oppenheimer, there were uh, hundreds. So we would go through each of those different packs and we would uh, identify them into different categories for PET, for say clamshells, um, bags, films, uh, corrugate, and this is all packaging that goes directly to consumers. So something that if the consumer is going to get the corrugate, <clears throat> then that would uh, be recorded. And then there's also some paper usage uh, envelopes and labels labels that go on clamshells. So you pull all that information, and then we actually weigh each of those different components. <clears throat> and with those, then we take, build that into our the database and come up with a report that gives us the kilograms of each of those types of, of packaging. With that, we go online into the Recycle BC program and we enter in those amounts. At that point, they're, they're high-level numbers. And there's a, a number of other questions. If there's any variance over a certain percentage for any of those, uh, we then justify why there is a variance. And most of that is just so you're looking at your numbers at kind of at a higher level and a double check to make sure that they're accurate in providing uh, that justification. So that's the process, and then we get a, we get a bill back for uh, the amount of packaging used. So this isn't really a small thing. This is a, a very large, involved process that a business has to go through. It, the, the first uh, couple of years, yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> overall it probably took uh, – uh, a couple of months because you need to go through, gather up all that packaging, and it's not necessarily a simple task getting it all into that single location or at least getting people to, to weigh it and provide the specifications around that. So it, it took a lot of work. Once we built our database of the information, uh, it slowly becomes, and you get a better understanding of the process, it becomes a little bit uh, less uh, onerous. Um, but it has gone to, gone to a point where it does justify adding that as a role to somebody's position. So somebody currently we have that manages our CHEP, uh, as that's quite a, a process. We've added that onto their role as well, because you need to understand the legislation, be proactive in what you're doing, because there's different deadlines as far as registering in different programs, understanding what are the details, what's changed. So it's something you don't want something something to just wait for the deadline to come and, oh, we got to report this. Someone who's proactively understanding this and, and uh, moving forward. One of the areas, too, is the other provinces we aren't registered in. Retail will build back. Some retail will build back for those programs, for products that uh, opening may have supplied into them. So uh, with that, we need to make sure... Uh, and there are challenges around that. One of them is that most retail from the data they're providing is point of sale data. And what we've seen is with retail, we ship and don't ship into say Saskatchewan and Manitoba, they've identified that we did. But what happened is we've shipped into say Ontario and they may have shipped from Ontario distribution center into Saskatchewan and Manitoba. And their point of sales uh, is showing that we ship there. So it, I think that's a bit of a, I don't know, our, uh, a bit of an issue that this program needs to work out is how do re how does retail manage the information? Should it be based on product that was shipped into their distribution centers? But uh, if they also manipulated and put any other consumer packaging to that, uh, anyways, you can see how there's a bit of a challenge. All we have is which distribution centers and which provinces we've shipped to, but retail may have shipped that product to another province, and now you have an inconsistency of reporting. We would have reported into Ontario, 
that retail may have reported into other provinces by based on point of sale information. So that's a that's something that's just come up this year that we've realized, uh, and and it really just takes somebody to analyze data, look at it, receive and manage the invoices coming from retail. Um, ultimately, our goal because there's minimum. Uh, levels of packaging for each province before you can actually be reporting as a volunteer steward. Uh, so we we don't qualify to register in those provinces, but we can still get a bill back from a customer. So we need to work. That's one of the tasks I've set up for this person is there to go out and, and work with the these recycled programs in each of the provinces and talk through some of the challenges we're seeing and work out solutions. And it may be something that adjusts their legislation or their, their policies in each of those programs. So we'll see where that all lands. But it's as anything is new, it's always got some uh, bugs to work out. So it's, it's kind of another example of where you're kind of, you're tracking your own stuff, but you're also relying on somebody else to track, track your stuff as it enters their chain accurately as well. Exactly. So we've, yeah, we've definitely found some inconsistencies and challenges. We would prefer to be registered in all those programs and, and control our own destiny as far as reporting. And you could see the amount of detailed work we've gone through to um, provide accurate information. And then when we, you spend more time analyzing and determining what somebody else has done to report on your behalf, um, which in the end you don't have control over the end result. So definitely that that from my perspective i think if everybody was to report into their own uh programs i i think it would definitely simplify from our perspective the, this just came to mind so i have to ask it but i know your opinion on blockchain and and what people are thinking about it already but i have to ask this so is this an example where a blockchain type system could help the industry more accurately track what is actually going into some of these stewardship programs um and I can, as far as blockchain goes, uh, right now everybody has their own uh, internal systems and processes for managing. The steward programs are kind of like a blockchain from my perspective. The blockchain is, is a word that's been thrown out there, and it's a magical tool that's going to solve the world's uh, issues. Ultimately what it is is, is putting a layer of software above what all the different uh, businesses and industry have and it's basically a layer of software above that everybody would feed into and provide uh, their own uh, reporting and and so ultimately that's what I was I'm looking for because if you if you put this in a simple context the the systems that this this uh, each province's steward programs are kind of like your blockchain now it's a blockchain's a, a dirty word to me but it basically it's uh, that is the industry because blockchain. When people are talking about blockchain, they're really talking about industry-wide software, something that it's a centralized. It's not centralized as far as the terminology of blockchain, but it, ultimately the end result is you have data that is across an industry fed into this one uh, uh, source of truth. So, ultimately, that's what these steward programs are. It's a centralized database of information, and each. Each person in the uh, business in the industry is feeding data into it. With that, and that's ultimately what I was saying, where if Oppenheimer was to feed into each of those provinces, steward programs, what we had shipped, and then every other business that fed, fed into theirs, ultimately that's what you're getting is that centralized database of information. And I think that is helpful in this instant 
because the software exists under each of those provinces as a steward. Uh, it really isn't blockchain, but ultimately you've got a central point of truth of, of all this information. And that's what I say. If we report into each of those ourselves for what uh, Oppenheimer has done, then our piece of the puzzle is up there. If we don't report in, then somebody else is reporting on our behalf, and that's where it gets messy. So, Are industries and organizations demonstrating stewardship in terms of items that are ne- not necessarily part of this program? So I'm thinking about like food waste. I know it's been a big topic lately. So trying to eliminate those sources of waste, too. Are companies tracking those things already? As far as tracking, and, and I, it was interesting, I had a, I'd met with the Secretariat of climate change for BC in a, in a sustainability uh, meeting years ago. And it was interesting the perspective he had and coming from government. Uh, at first, when, when I met him, he didn't want to eat. Uh, he loved passion fruit and mangoes, but wouldn't eat it because it was against what he stood for in his, in his position of climate change. <clears throat> and so as I got talking to him about a number of things about global distribution of produce and really the impacts of distributing produce uh, internationally is less impactful than as you get closer to the consumer and you have individuals in cars. And uh, it was a long, longer discussion than all this, but after uh, going through this, it it opened up his mind into um, he was able to eat passion fruit and mangoes, which is great. You're now eating fresh fruit and it's healthy for you and so on. But, uh, from that perspective, that was a kind of a side tangent. That, uh, but his perspective was initially that really you need what do we what programs do we need to put in place? And really, it was similar to the uh, steward programs they're looking at for packaging. He thought we needed to tax businesses to get them motivated to make change and be um, basically stewards of of their sustainable future. And we worked, as we talked about, the number of initiatives that we have going as far as we're working on a program within Terra and VC. And that ensures that creates our food waste from our operations, goes as an input into creating um, fish, uh, animal foods and as an, as an output. And so I, we looked at that. A lot of the programs with our greenhouses for capturing, and most greenhouses do this for capturing water, capturing heat, capturing carbon monoxide and dioxide. And uh, so he was quite impressed with all the programs that were going on without being taxed that he thought we were proactively looking forward and, and to improve the environment. So it was it was a, a really positive um, spin on things for him, I think, to, to see that you don't need to necessarily go, need to go through a taxing program. But I think you do need some kind of a measurement program to show what are the things that people or businesses are doing. Because all, all businesses aren't alike. Yeah, I think, I think that, well, some companies do a really good job of telling their story about it, and others are doing some great things behind the background, but nobody knows about them. Yeah, I think a big part is disclosure. Uh, it's a project we're working on at Oppenheimer is uh, building our disclosure statement of what it is we're doing. And there's some things we're working on that are great. There's we no, not everybody's perfect. So there's other areas that we've identified we're working on and, and then creating a roadmap of where you're going. And that's a big part of just disclosing full disclosure of where you're at. 
this is what this is who we are this is what we're working on and this is where we're going and that seems to be a huge part of this the stewardship program overall is like this is this is what we're putting out there so in from your perspective how does this program work and i'm thinking specifically about like monitoring and enforcement of these regulated programs yeah and at this point i don't think there's a huge uh, monitoring it is really a almost a volunteer to be to steward to get in what does monitor it is the retail where retail look to see if the products that they're shipping to consumers they look to see if their vendors are registered with these uh, steward programs and if they're not that's where they do the bill back program so that ultimately because the retail side can be um, you don't have any control over how how they're measuring that they don't go through that process of weighing each of your the components and things that you're shipping. That would be an overwhelming, daunting task for them. But they do set a um, probably on the higher end of scale. So you're if you're reporting, you're letting them report. You're going to pay a little higher premium on that as well um, because they need to make sure they aren't underreporting. So I think that's a that's a pretty good uh, well. That's what's happening anyway. So there is a monitoring tool just from the, the fact of retailer are going to bill back. And your best opportunity or best option is to report yourself. Let's let's talk about possible negative consequences for companies that are either, and you, you mentioned it a bit there, company, like for instance, places where you're not meeting that threshold, there is a negative consequence in that the retailer is billing back. But what about other negative consequences for companies that are either unaware of their steward responsibility or are pretty much ignoring these regulations altogether? Yeah, and I think you can you can slip your way through, but ultimately businesses are looking for responsible companies to work with. It's no it's there's the first step is looking at your your stewardship, your responsibility for yourself. But it also goes beyond that. It goes looking at who are the companies you work with, who are your vendors and suppliers, the inputs to your company. Are they socially and, and uh, environmentally responsible as well? And there's a there's a closer look on that. And that's where uh, providing your disclosure allows people to see what kind of company are they working with. It's not looking at just as how's your blue book, how's your financial stability, but how are you interacting with the environment around and that's becoming more important so somebody can slip by and and not report and maybe save a few dollars but i think in the end it's going to cost them significantly so it's really it's it's a change now in the way that uh, people do business like i started with you need to look at that end of life the your full responsibility and and take ownership of it if i can ask kind of a stupid question just to just make sure i understand the scenario so you mentioned that if there were a smaller supplier in BC and they were packing, well, on their own, that they would be responsible for participating in the stewardship program. Yes. What if they What if they weren't meeting that minimum criteria, but they were selling to a larger company? Would that larger company then take on that stewardship role, or would it still be on the smaller company to somehow figure out what their role in it was? Right. That's a good point. I th- I think that. Uh, it'd be good to understand the reasoning behind the minimums, uh, 
because I think the minimums cause some issues in the whole program. I think it's worthwhile that everybody reports in, and maybe it was more of an administrative thing that they they figured if every company reported in, it was going to overload them with work, and a lot of this wasn't going to generate revenue. But ultimately, I think it's an important part that every business in the supply chain reports out exactly what their levels are and whether they're because I think at this point at a minimum level you don't have uh, any billings but maybe they just lower that threshold to cover the overhead of managing all that that billing so interesting question because I think there are like you say there are some gaps there's the gaps between how retail if their responsibilities report at point of sale and distribute people marketing distribution is going to report into where they ship to you've got a bit of a gap there and you also have that gap of the suppliers that aren't responsible to report and i think that's that's another kind of gap in there i think it's something they they were aware of when they created these programs but it was probably a balance between the administrative work and the the responsibility for uh, stewardship. Like in a country like Canada, where there's so much produce crossing provincial borders, it, it must be a bit of a headache to try and navigate these different provincial oh, systems. It's, um, well, and it's, it's, it's not as challenging to create the report for what's happened, but it's difficult to manage the billings and things you get back from, from other customers. So once you're set up and you understand what are your packaging, what's the rules around it, it's relatively simple to, to mimic that across each of the provinces, but it, it's the research on something you receive from someone externally, a retailer that's giving you a bill, that turns on a whole new level because you don't understand. You've got your information from what you reported out. Now you've got to look at that customer as a whole and say, okay, what did we ship to them in each province? under these programs and try and backwards analyze how did they come up with these billings to understand. So you can see it turns in a whole lot more work and then you get phone calls and interaction between the customer getting the right person, you get delays. and um, So it's, it that does add a whole lot more complexity. The actual reporting is once you've got it figured out, it's not too bad. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Steve. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. See you, Jason. And that's it. That's all that we have for you this month on Produce Talks. I'd like to thank all our guests for being part of our show. Our sponsor, Nature Fresh Farms, your support is very appreciated. And I'd like to thank you for listening. Remember to check out elearning.cpma.ca to find out more about online training available from CPMA. Until next time, remember to seek out new knowledge, build your skills and abilities, and basically, never stop growing.